This is Road to Retirement with Chris Anselmo from Brookside Tax and Financial Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Chris provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Road to Retirement with Chris Anselmo from Brookside Tax and Financial Group. Hey, welcome back to Road to Retirement. My name's Chris Anselmo. I'm here with my co-host, Tony Shore. How you doing, Tony? I am doing great, Chris. I've had a great week, and I've been excited about the show because I know there's a lot going on out there and you always have interesting things. I manage to learn something every week on the show, and that's good. But uh, I enjoy this time. It's kind of a reprieve. Uh, I work all week long, and I'm like, I can't wait to do the show with Chris because we always have fun with it. How about you? How have you been? I know you're really busy, aren't you? Yeah, it's tax season, so we're crazy busy, but that's a good, that's a good thing. We see a lot of people, help a lot of people, so that's, that's all good. Yeah, and I know you love to educate and solve problems. I, you're kind of a problem solver. You love you love the questions and you love being able to work it with your knowledge. And so that's why you lo- you actually enjoy tax season, though. I know you do. I do. And I good thing it's the winter, you know, so I don't I don't mind so much that it's the weather's not like if I can't enjoy the weather, hell with everybody. No, just kidding. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so well, you, when it's, it's nice, snowy, you do want to get out there working. and whatever it is you do, golf yeah. or get out there and enjoy it or take family trips. I know you enjoy getting out too, but yeah, this time of year might as well be helping people. Yeah. So a question we get a lot is, um, especially from, I want to say our generation, next generation, or even some of the people in our generation is, you know, the whole thing about savings, how do you acquire wealth? And so I thought we'd talk about what wealthy people do differently. Ah, I like that. So yeah, what wealthy people do differently that helps them uh, get their wealth and maintain it, right? Yeah, they spend a half a billion dollars on a campaign. No, just kidding. Yeah, so. that's not you. <laughs> that's not so, a, that's not what you do. It's, that's yeah, unbelievable. Right. That uh, yeah, if you have so much money, you can spend a half a billion dollars uh, and just throw it away in a few months. Oh, I, it didn't work. Okay, it would only cost me half a billion. Uh, he could have gave it to me and you, Tony. He could have. Or, or he could have actually done ago. something good with it, uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, um, and you've probably, you could chime in on these topics. You hear it from other uh, um, planners, too. But sure. you know, some, of the, some of the things are just common sense, like avoiding unnecessary debt. Um, you know, you're going to, look, there's, there's going to be times in your life when you're going to have debt. And some of the, you know, the wealthiest people out there have all borrowed money one way or another, you know, they've, right. Uh, they borrowed money to build buildings, they borrowed money for their businesses. So there's nothing evil about borrowing money. You just, you gotta be smart about it. Like you, you don't borrow money on a credit card, right? I mean, no, you, you don't need to put borrow it on money. credit. You, you don't do it in high interest situations. I mean, people don't realize, especially the young listeners out there that you know, read that back of that credit card statement one time. I mean, some of the interest rates are 25, 30%. It's insane. I mean, you can, even if you pay the minimum payment, you'll never pay it off. So, um, if you really need to borrow my, first of all, you know, 
live within your means. I think that the wealthy people, you know, you've, I don't know if you read the book, but Millionaire Next Door, most yep. people, the truly wealthy, live within their means. So that's the difference right there. Yeah. So you don't need when you're, you know, when you're 20, 25, 30 years old, you don't need the $400,000 house, right? Or $500,000 house. You could buy a house for a hundred grand or 70 grand. I mean, I think our first house, Connie and I, it was 58,000 bucks. It was a little bungalow, one car garage, three bedrooms, you know, or I think it was two bedrooms and a dormer. I mean, it was enough when you, when you're first starting out, but oh yeah, you know, today, uh, with the immediate gratification world out there, um, it, it causes problems. One, everybody wants everything too fast, right? I want so, it now. Yeah. And, and part of the, if you look at the truly wealthy, they look at things long-term like, you know, back when we were investing long-term and five years, 10 years, people now long-term, they think it's three months. Yeah. And that's you're, crazy. You're going to investing and, and, um, there's, there's some schools of thought, like you shouldn't invest in anything that you don't want to stick with for at least five years. And, um, the guy from Hathaway Brown even said that. So he yep. said, look, I, I buy something. I, I assume I'm not going to look at it for five years. So you, you want to do, uh, look long-term. So avoid unnecessary debts, probably one of the primary ones when you're young. You know, look, you're, you're going to have some debt. You're, you're going to eventually buy a car and you're 23 years old and you, you, you can't cough up the whole 30 grand. So you're going to, look, you're going to have to get a, a car loan, but you know, go to a bank, go to a credit union and get one for five, six percent or whatever it is. But you know, don't go to the, the uh, places where they charge you 17% interest. Right. So you got to be smart about that. Um, Another one is invest in yourself, whether it's educationally, learning new trades. A lot of the truly wealthy, if you, if you read any of their stories, is they don't waste a lot of unnecessary time. I think I read somewhere that the truly wealthy maybe, maybe spend an hour a day watching TV. And I'm guilty of this too. When I come home, you know, I'm not getting home that night eight, nine o'clock at night now. So I go, I probably watch a couple hours TV just to relax. Right. Yeah. Just to, but, but some people are watching five, six, seven, ten hours a day of TV. Oh yeah. I mean, you, yeah. I mean, you could be doing so much more with your life, uh, to better yourself. Uh, maybe it's, you know, not college isn't for everything, but you know, you can edu- educate yourself in other ways. Maybe you're a tradesman, you learn another trade, you improve your, tr- your skills, uh, there's a bunch of things out there where they say, you know, we invest in ourselves. So we want to, we want to try and do that. Um, another one is they invest regularly. So we've talked about this on other shows, especially if you're trying to save for a big ticket item. Like if you want to buy a car or a house in two or three years, you know, that's not realistic, right? I mean, and if you have no money, right? So you have to start putting money away regularly. And what I mean by that is have it systematically taken out of your paycheck or your bank account. Uh, when we saved money for our kids for college, Connie and I uh, just, we set up those, those 529 accounts. And even yep. though it wasn't a great decade to invest, but every month uh, money came out of our checking account, come hell or high water and went into those accounts. Yep, so Sarah and I did if, the same thing. If we were short that time, you know, so uh, let me back up a little bit. This isn't we, us physically writing a check to John Hancock. It was John Hancock pulling money yep. out of our account automatically. Because if you have to write a check 
there's going to be months you don't write the check. Yep. Right. Oh, I needed a car repair. I want to go on a little trip. You know, we took a little this, that. Something comes up in your life, you're not going to write Yeah, if it comes so, right out of your paycheck or your account immediately, then it's like you don't, you and never that's had. that's why we have a lot of employer plans, right? They take it out of your paycheck. You don't even see it before uh, uh, it hits your um, paycheck. So it's, you know, again, maximize. Maybe that's the first step for, for a lot of people that aren't used to saving money. Look, just if the employer offers it, have it taken out, even if they don't match. Right? Even if they say, look, we have a 401k plan, but we're not matching anything. Take money out every week, every two weeks, whatever your paycheck is, and just stick it in your 401k. And then, you know, obviously you're going to have to pick some investments. So <clears throat> uh, the other thing that wealthy people, and you've, you've seen this before, is they actually write down their goals. I mean, there's a difference between having a wish list and a, and a goal. Look, look, I wish I was in shape, right? Right. Wishing isn't going to get you there. You have to actually set a goal. We probably shouldn't be talking about this, Tony, <laughs> but being in shape. But, but, um, and I, yeah, years ago, my, my son Gino told me I needed to get in shape. And I told him, well, you know, oval is a shape, Gino. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, so, you know, and you, Chris, you know, I have an exercise since the Carter administration. So, <laughs> and, and, and I do try to exercise pretty regularly, no, I, but it's yeah. just harder as you get older. But, um, but just goal setting. So write it down, look at it every day. Like I want to save by the end of the year, I want to have uh, $3,000 saved for a down payment on my car. So, and then you have to back into it. How am I going to get there? Say, let's say you have 30 weeks left. Well, I got to save a hundred bucks a week, right? So whatever it is, set the goal, write it down. Because if you don't, then it'll come December and you want to buy the car and you're like, damn, I didn't put the money away. And then you're going to end up going and get one of those high interest car loans, right? Because they say, hey, no money down, sign here, drive here. And so it's 18%. You good with that? Sure. So um, just you just got to be smart about it. The other thing that people we've talked about before too is that it's not trying to time the market. Um, you know, the market's been pretty volatile the last few weeks with the, uh, the coronavirus and things like that and people going up and down. And, and of all the clients we've had, I had only one phone call. Wow. To, yeah. One phone. Just look, I just want to know how it affected me. So we ran some report. Look, you were down 6%. But then by the time we ran that report the next day, it, it went up. So so it's not trying to time that. You just have to be in the market and give it time. So there's a difference between what we call timing the market or time in the market. So if you invest regularly, um, there's a, a term um, we call dollar cost averaging, which is a, <clears throat> a financial term. Basically, look, there's going to be some months you're going to buy in a little bit higher. There's going to be some months you're going to buy in a little bit lower. But overall, you're going to have this average going into the market. So if you wait for the perfect time, you'll never get in because there's no perfect no, time. No, there is. You, and you can't mm. try to time the market. Yeah. And the other t- thing I tell people, you know, people are like, well, you know, we need to buy when the market's down. Well, true. But you also need to have money saved to be able to buy in right. when the market's down, right? Yeah. And then, because sometimes we see people come in with portfolios that they get all their money in the market, right? So if the market does go down, they have no extra money to buy in with. So, you know, you want to be smart about where your money's at. You, you, like, I don't care how you, you can't have everything in the market. But, and it's not that people have done necessarily anything wrong. It's just life happened. Like I was, I had a 401k, I've been investing in the 401k for years, for years, years, and years. 
20, 25 years later, I got a bunch of money in the, in the 401k, but it's all in the market and they have very little like in the banks or, or some other safe vehicles that we've talked about, uh, either, uh, safer instruments, maybe bonds or, um, or index annuities or things like that. So, you know, bonds are a little scary right now because interest rates are pretty low, but bonds are secure if, if you're willing to wait out the time. So if you buy a 10 year bond and you, they're paying you three or 4%, fine, you'll get your three or 4% for 10 years. But if you want to get out early, then you're going to, it's going to be subject to what the interest rates are and, and because somebody has to buy that bond from you. So, so if you're willing to wait out to term at a bond, bonds may be uh, okay. But if you, if you, the type that want to jump in and out of the market, bonds are a little scary right now. So, yeah. Um, other things, uh, like we said, invest early. You can't invest early enough. I, you know, I, t- I told my son, even, you know, he's got his first job. I'm like, look, put money away. You're single. You don't need a lot of money, right? Put some money away so you'll, you'll have it in the long run. So, um, invest regularly. We talked about that. Think long-term. Um, again, I think it's a generational thing and it's, um, you know, again, we talked long-term. It was years and years. You know, I think it's this whole immediate, look, I can get every piece of information I want in seconds today. Right. Um, and then investing, like the market doesn't go up 20% a day. Right. No, I mean it. It no. takes it takes a while for the market because there's all the amazing. really wealthy people and investors uh, say you know let it let it ride. They don't let you know they don't let the uh, a ten percent drop or a fifteen percent drop bother them because they're in it long term. Like you know the Oracle of Omaha is always saying that, right? All right, that's that's what we talked about uh, Buffett. Yep. So he um, he he again his philosophy is. You're going to buy something that's going to be there for at least five years, and if it's if it's type of company you don't think is going to be there for five years, don't invest in it. Right. So, so it's uh, really long term is really the way to go, and just uh, I think you just have to have a different perspective on what's long term, um, because today everything's immediate gratification, right? I mean, yep. you find things within seconds. I mean, you used to have to go to get information. You have to go to the library. <laughs> <laughs> like people even go to libraries anymore. I, I guess libraries aren't really like they used to be. Libraries are probably uh, all, almost all electronic now. So people can f- sit there and, and read and find all the stuff they need to, to do over the internet. Um, the other thing that um, we find that uh, wealthy people do well is they are great time managers. Yeah. Yep. They manage their time wisely. Like yeah, they don't waste a lot of money and they don't waste a lot of time, right? There's like we all have the same 24 hours in a day, but if you look at the truly successful people, like how do they get all that done? Right? They have a list, they go through the list, top 5 things they got to get done today, they get them done, right? So, um, you know, make lists even if if, if it's a simple if you <laughs> I'm not sure people use this anymore, but like on my desk I have a calendar blotter, you know those big 3 by two by three calendars they, they, they sell at the, at the office stores that have the physical paper calendar. And you, you know, like every day you could just, on those things, just mark down the four or five things you need to get done that day and don't leave until you get them done now. And the other thing is tackle the hardest one first. Right? Cause if you tackle the easy ones and you keep putting off the hard one, the hard one's not going to get done. So, um, so really you just got to be um, aware of your surroundings 
The other thing a lot of um, wealthy people do is they they read a lot. They always are trying to find better ways, learn from other wealthy people, hang around other wealthy people. Their circles generally are um, people of their either same caliber or higher caliber. Um, you don't hang necessarily, I shouldn't say this out loud, but like, you don't hang around the bowling alleys, right? Right. You don't see any, you don't see any billionaires hanging around the bowling alleys. Yeah. But like, and I like bowling, but, um, you know, they're going to hang around people who are successful people to learn whatever they can gain from it. Just, just any tidbits of knowledge they can gain from them because wealthy people want to be around wealthy people. Right. Um, so, uh, and not that they're wealthy, but just intelligent people. I mean, people who are forward thinking, not worried about the past. You know, I think a lot of the times, look, if there's an obstacle, they'll find a way to overcome it. It's not going to be an excuse to not do it. Right. So if the bridge is out, they're going to find a way to go around the bridge. They're not going to just turn back and say, well, I'm sorry, can't, can't do this anymore. So, so we really need to focus on, you know, staying active, um, look really forward looking people. They don't, um, they don't look behind them too much. You know, I'm not saying don't forget about the mistakes that you've made in the past because, uh, you know, there's a saying that um, experience is learning from your own mistakes and wisdom is learning from other people's mistakes. So they do uh, keep themselves in the know. They read a lot of books. They, they keep themselves uh, knowledgeable. And that's why people listen to Warren Buffett, right? Right. Exactly. I mean, and his advice seems to be, you know, stay the course, don't panic, don't let your emotions get involved. And, uh, you know, he seems to be, I know he lives for how wealthy he is. Um, I've driven by his house in Omaha. It's, it is. Yeah, it, it, he, I mean, just because you get some money doesn't mean you have to be snobby. No, right? he does not. He, he, he does he not have McDonald's a huge yard or anything. He's in a pretty tight packed neighborhood. You'd be surprised. I mean, honestly, <laughs> the guy lives, you know, he has some security. But other than that, it looks like a normal house. You, you'd never guess a billionaire lived there ever. I mean, it's not, it's not gated. It's not like it doesn't have a huge, you know, he doesn't have, you know, acres and acres of land surrounding it. It's pretty impressive, honestly. And the guy, uh, the guy doesn't waste money or time. That's, that's yeah, the key. I think I, I, I forgot what the, there was a little documentary on him and uh, so like he goes to the same McDonald's every morning, gets his coffee and his egg McMuffin. Yep. Right? Yep. He doesn't, he doesn't have chefs bringing him, uh, you know, all kinds of fancy food, but, nope. um, and, and again, most wealthy people, unless they inherited their wealth, didn't really just fall into it. They, they, they worked hard to get where they're at. So, um, even though people begrudge them sometime, um, I'm always happy for them. I mean, I, I have people of friends that have, uh, have made millions and millions of dollars and I'm like, God bless them. You know, some of them are, uh, in the, well, you know, you've heard of Michael Simon, right? Yeah. The, the chef. Yeah. So he's, he's like best friends with my brother. Right. So my brother, you know, our family's been in the produce industry and, and I always tease Mike. And I said, I, I knew you when you were Mike, not Michael. So, so, but look, he, he won the iron chef award. He's, he's worked hard. I, I don't know any, he's just always going. I'm sure he doesn't sit around and watch 10 hours of TV a day. Right. So, and God bless him. He's worked hard and he's very successful and, uh, you know, don't begrudge people who are successful, especially if they had to really work really hard for it. But 
Um, I think you could begrudge some people who've inherited all and think they've worked very hard, but that's okay. Um, the other thing is, if you notice a lot of uh, wealthy people are living a healthy lifestyle. I, I read somewhere that wealthy people eat less than 300 calories of junk food a day. Mm, I'm not sure. Well, I'm not sure how true. Yeah. Well, we, we better cut back then. No, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, they, you, and it's maybe, look, they don't have more time than we do. Even though people like, like if I was super wealthy, I could, I could have, I could take the time to work out and have trainers and things like that. Like we all have the same 24 hours in a day. It's just a matter what you're going to do with them. Um, but that being said, it you know it's tough if you're working 10, 12 hour days, and and because you know whatever business you're in or job you have, but you know you got to take time to uh, take care of yourself too, because if you could be working all these hours, eating this junk food, and all of a sudden, you know you have the heart attack, right? So what was the point of putting all that time in? So uh, you you have to try and live a, a healthier lifestyle. I think that's uh, like every everybody wants to do that, but it's one of those things that. You have to write it down. You have to get it done. I'm like, Tony, you and I know it's it's hard to lose weight. Right? Yeah, I, it is. Yeah. I, I've lost I lost the same 20 pounds every yeah, year for I've, the last 20 years. <laughs> I've lost that same 20 pounds and gained it back. <laughs> I lost yeah. count at how many times. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we talked about uh, delay your gratification, you know, save some money, uh, then go put money down on a house. You don't need to buy your house when you first come out of college, right? You, you need, you need some time in your own. One, one thing we look at is like, you don't even know where you're going to be. It's okay to rent an apartment for a while. And, and even your uh, Oracle of Omaha said that there's nothing wrong with renting. Right. Um, you know, there's a lot more to buying a house than believe it or not, the monthly payment that your realtor says you can afford. So the realtor says, well, you know, you make uh, X amount of money. You can afford this $300,000 house. But that $300,000 house is, you know, I don't even know what the payment is. It's going to be two, a couple grand a month. Oh, by the way, there's repairs. There's insurance. There's always, you know, Tony, there's always something you're spending money on in a house. So it's not just your monthly mortgage payment. So, but the, I think the young people get caught up in that and like buy something affordable, buy something within your means. Uh, live under your means for a while. And look, eventually, if you if you acquire some wealth and you want to spend a little bit, spend a little bit. You know, I might even fly first class. I've never done it, but maybe my wife and I are going to do it once, right? So, I mean, I can afford to fly first class, but on a two-hour flight, it's a $200 ticket. I don't need to spend $1,000. Yeah. Right? I'm going from here to Florida. It takes an hour and 15 minutes. Do I need to spend $1,000 or can I take the $200 ticket? Yeah. You know, simple things like that eventually add up. Wow. Wow. So things do add up. And so this is a great topic. It's it's important for our listeners to understand uh, that there's a lot to it. I mean, there's no set list of five things that you do. If you do this, you're going to make billions of dollars. However, uh, they are great ways. If you do some simple common sense things like you've been talking about, Chris, uh, you will be wealthier when you need the money later in life. I mean, that's just the bottom line, right? And true. And and I think maybe not the last one, but another one is be grateful and also help others. I mean, the whether you know you got billions of dollars or or not, we do see as people make more money, there is a joy in giving. 
and helping the less fortunate. So whether you contribute people money to your church or just privately, you, you help out a family here or there, or bring some meals to the to the poor. Just look, you got to give back. So um, don't forget about the people less fortunate than you. Right, right, and that is that. I'm glad you brought that up, and I think that a lot of guys like we're talking about guys like uh, you know people like Bill and Melinda Gates and Warren Buffett. Uh, they do a lot for others with their money. I mean, we're, oh, yeah. you know, uh, they, they really do. Uh, and I mean, the people like that, like Bill Gates, he, he changed the world. Yeah. I mean, truly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. changed the world. I'm going to credit Melinda though. I think she, <laughs> <laughs> I think Bill has admitted that he was just like, oh yeah, it's great to have this money. And then Melinda said, no, we're going to, we're going to help people with it. And he, he fully got oh, on true, board, true. but I think but, it was his wife's doing, uh, yeah. And just uh, she's the one that first started all the charitable organizations and the all the philanthropy. And now, when, right. once he retired from Microsoft, uh, he's full steam ahead. And they're both just uh, giving yeah. some whether you love them or hate them or whether you like Microsoft yeah, but, or but, not. I mean, yeah, but I mean, Microsoft changed the world. Yeah, that's true. I mean, just, His company changed the world. Yeah. Oh yeah. But he's you know, they've the, been changing the world with their money. Uh, even since he, you know, he's, you know, stepped down from Microsoft and, you know, uh, has retired. I mean, they do so much for so yeah, many people. Them. I think that's about it. We're probably out of time. Yeah, we are close. out of time. But okay. is there hey, anything you else you want to add for our listeners? Our number? Yeah. Uh, 440-886-3550 if you want to start uh, maybe implementing a plan to see if you can get wealthy. Um, and again, it's a plan. It takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. So give us a call. All right. Thanks, Chris. And listeners, thanks for tuning in. That does it for today's episode of The Road to Retirement with our host, Chris Anselm. Thank you for listening to Road to Retirement. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Chris Anselmo from Brookside Tax and Financial Group. Call 440 886 3550 or visit them online at brooksidetax.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Advisory services are offered by Brookside Financial Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Ohio. Insurance products and services are offered through Brookside Tax and Financial Group LLC, an affiliated company. Chris Anselmo and Brookside Tax Financial Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.